Welcome into a Toast of Film, everybody. I'm your host, Trey. And I'm your host, Ebo. Oh, man, and uh, yeah, this episode needs really no introduction because we've got some of the hottest topics, you know, of the month going on this episode. Mortal Kombat trailer, why don't don't you add to it, buddy? So, as Trey referenced, we're going to be giving you first reactions of the Mortal Kombat trailer. Oh, man. And let's just say, for us, it's not disappointing. No. Then we go from big expectations based on a trailer to solid, solidified expectations, I'll say, because we were big on this trailer, and tonight we'll be reviewing... Judas and the Black Messiah, great new movie, out on HBO Max and in theaters. Great movie. And then we will be ending with our top five as always. And this week, we're doing top five black leads. I gotta tell you, man, this has been a fun episode already. Because I'm just so hyped for what we have, you know, what kind Mm -hmm. of content we have for the viewers today. But let's... You know, let's uh, let's be haste, as they would say, you know. Let's test our might. Let's test our might here, because I got to jump into this trailer. Let's do it. I said something bold last year. I said, mm-hmm. the best trailer I have seen last year was the Batman trailer. It was, is, it was fantastic. True. I do reference you saying this. And I just had so much fun watching that. I watched it like 13, 15 times, had a great score, had a great story. Oh, yeah, but uh, then Mortal Kombat came this year. And here's why I am even more excited for the Mortal Kombat show than the Batman. is because with the Batman, Matt Reeves, we know, excellent director, mm-hmm. Planet of the Apes trilogy. Mm-hmm. Robert Pattinson, he's he's adaptive, he's good. They got Zoe Kravitz, got some of the big hitters. We I do this is going to be a good one. Paul Dano as the Riddler. Mm-hmm. But I did not know... This was gonna be that good. The Mortal Kombat trailer they dropped. I think they heard how much trash people were talking. They were saying there can't be a good video game adaptation on the big screen. This isn't gonna be good. None of the Mortal Kombat's are good. And then they deliver us this trailer. Are you kidding me? This trailer is amazing. And let me say one thing before this gets overlooked, because for movie you know aficionados such as ourselves, there is one thing that automatically will get us pumped. And that is a Red Band trailer. Oh, yeah. For those who don't know, when a trailer opens, because I I only think there's two, it'll either open with green Mm -hmm. MPAA or red. And that's if it's been rated. If it hasn't been rated, you know, it might just be blank. But it'll be green or red. And red means they can do whatever they want. They can curse. Yeah. They can do violence yeah lots of blood because green they would have to like cut a lot of this out yeah but with this trailer the only person i know is mccod brooks yeah you know from the amazing experience that was taylor tyler perry's latest movie oh man you but, know he was asking for an ashtray yeah <laughs> here's the, okay so let's let's talk about this let's talk about some of the highlights okay uh the whole thing Yes, the whole thing, of course. But one, they really ground this one, okay? They give Mortal Kombat, you know, a good approach, um, a good story. They introduce a new character, Cole, which I'm very curious about because that's something that's never been done before, you know? So the director and the writer, they're taking, you know, some creative um, freedom on this one, and we're just going to see, you know, we're going to see some interesting things. 
But, man, I'm going to be honest with you. Sub-Zero, Scorpion. Sub-Zero versus Scorpion? Oh, my God. For those who haven't seen, I don't care. Spoiler. When he cuts him, freezes the blood midair, stabs him with it. Oh, yeah. And... So Trey, let me let me kind of guide this a little bit though, because okay. I, I got some ways, some things I want to ask you. So before we get into this trailer, because I'm gonna do it in kind of three parts. Okay. Before we get into this trailer, let's talk about what Mortal Kombat things have preceded this. Give me what do you think of the first movie that people of our generation consider a masterpiece. So, I love the first movie. Oh, have to. I mean, that had all the stuff we love. Had great set pieces, great costume design, had some really good action sequences. And I mean, who who would ever forget the Johnny Cage kick, you know, punching the balls to Go- Goro. Johnny Cage Goro, man. It's great. But I'll I'll go a step further cuz I was talking about this to a couple people. I also feel like Annihilation is underappreciated, you know? Because here's the thing. That's a strong word. I, I do, because here's the thing. It's Mortal Kombat, so sure, what, what kind of story we're going to get? Not that much story. But they introduced some great characters, man. Like Baracus? They introduced Cyrax, introduced Jax. Was Cyrax the... Um... Who's the robot? Dude, let me tell y'all. So, little thing about Eddie, because growing up... When you grow up in the 90s, mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat was your jam. Oh, absolutely. Dude, Cyrax was one of my favorite to play with. Oh, dude. Because I just thought he was so cool because he's an android. He's not fully robot. Yeah, and he had the Predator hair. Dude, yeah, he had them dreads going. And, dude, you could all, you remember you throw, you um, would throw the acidic rope on um, the net. It was the net Cyrax had. You would throw it. That was, um, that was real old school, if you remember. That was Mortal Kombat 3 on the Super Nintendo. Speaking of Super Nintendo, do you know how many times I made people rage quit? <laughs> because I had, I forgot what the controller's called, but you remember that controller where you could do the little click uh-huh. and have it spam that button? Oh, dude, absolutely. Dude, I had all four clicks up, so it's just spamming oh. specials and everything. Well, that was when you could spam the um, loot. Liu Kang bicycle kick. Oh, dude. And that's all Them you... bicycle kicks? Yeah. Or oh, Scorpion, dude. get over here! Well, dude, you know, there's just so many good flashbacks, you know? And, of course, when when we're talking about some of the original content, the newest animated one that just came out in 2020, Mortal Kombat Scorpion's Revenge, that, to me, is the best one of all of them. Because it... I mean, it's a fair argument, because let me tell y'all... If you haven't seen it, you think, oh, it's animated, it's for kids. Yeah. It does more fatalities yeah. in more gruesome ways yeah. than both movies and some of the video games yeah. combined. Well, and here's why I like it. And I'm saying a really bold statement here because you know we love the original. Mm-hmm. But here's the reason why I like Scorpion's Revenge. It takes the original and adds to it mm-hmm. because it still gives you... Liu Kang, Sonya Blade, and Johnny Cage, just from the original, and it goes back to Mortal Kombat, where they're fighting Shang Tsung, but it adds to some of the new-gen Mortal Kombat and lore, because they, they add Quan Chi, mm-hmm. you know, who is um, the emperor of Netherrealm, and he's also um, loyal to the god um, Kotal Kahn, mm-hmm. so... They add that to it. So you get a little bit of the old mixing with a little bit of the new. And then you get the most amazing origin story with Scorpion. 
and I want to say it here. You heard this on a toasted film right now. They are taking inspiration from that animated movie. I can see it in the trailer. Mm. Scorpion goes back to his home. He fights off three ninjas. And I'm telling you, his wife or his child is dead in this one. I believe they're taking inspiration from the animated. Well, Which I'm not, I would not be unhappy with at all. Speaking of origin stories, mm-hmm. before we get into like what we're hoping from this movie, stuff like that. Right. Let's talk about post this movie. Okay. Because... You say origin. Well, we know two things from this trailer that are very important. One is Kano is on the good team. Yeah. He's a good guy. And two, he doesn't have his plate. So I want to know. Okay, I'll tell you what I think. Do you think this could be an origin for him to be villain next time i i don't i think kano is a spy for shang sun because that's what normally happens because if you notice kano is always on shang sun's side always so i believe they they're in cahoots and Mm. that's why he's with them that's my personal opinion but i don't i don't think i think it's gonna seem you know, pretty innocent, but yeah, there's definitely a hidden agenda there because we all know Kano is evil. There's never been a good side with Kano, so yeah, I don't. I think he's got a hidden agenda. Now let's talk about this movie though, because you see it at the end of the trailer. There's some mad, just mad fatalities. Yeah. So. Let's let's talk about this, okay? Let's talk about it. Um, we saw some really interesting characters. I'm very excited about, okay? Goro, oh yeah, Goro looked great. We got all the originals. We saw Raiden, but we saw someone I haven't seen in a while, and I am so excited about this. We saw Smoke. That's true. And if I'm not mistaken, I mean... I do like Smoke. Smoke's pretty cool. Smoke was one of the best, man. I mean, he was just like Cyrax, you know? Yeah. He had a cool, like, android-esque robot ability. You know what we didn't see? You know what we didn't see? Who's that? Uh, A la Mortal Kombat Annihilation, where was my man Johnny Cage? Was he on yeah, set? Yes, we have. Was seen, he on a movie set? We don't know. Who's going to kick Goro in the balls? I know, I know. But we also want to clear up something, okay? Because there's a lot of confusion out there on the internet, and me and Eddie have solved it for you guys. In If you're a big Mortal Kombat fan, which I'm sure most of y'all are, and y'all play the games like we have, one of my favorite characters um, was Nightwolf. Yeah. You know? Um and Nightwolf, you know his like, uh, beastality. Um, yeah, they brought up in Annihilation. Yeah, was the werewolf. Well, I thought that was Nightwolf. In yeah, for a very quick yeah. second, it looks like there's a werewolf. Yeah, and we got a closer look. We really analyzed this. We trailer. did some detective. We work. did some detective work, and we realized. It's actually reptile, which I'm very happy with that too. And I'm interested because they don't have him looking like you know the Wish version of Scorpion and Sub Zero. 
Right. They actually have him a unique look, which I think is pretty interesting. Here's my biggest question. Okay. Okay, and answer me this. Biggest question. Go. What's the route they're going to go with Cole? Because we've always known in any Mortal Kombat movie, it doesn't matter, animated, anything, Luke Kang has been the star of the show. Yeah. He always has been. He's Earth's mightiest hero in their only chance to keep Earth alive by the Mortal Kombat tournament. You know, and with Cole, he's the center of attention. Luke Kang's the side character in this. But if I may. Because, you know, your boy knows things. You gotta remember, this is a trailer. I mean, I could make a trailer for Dark Knight Rises and make 90% of it Anne Hathaway, and you would think it's a Catwoman movie. You know, it's a trailer cut. And, I mean, for all we know, he's in there for 10 minutes, and he gets ganked. You know, but see, I don't. I don't even think that because when you watch the trailer, he's in so many different aspects of the trailer. He's in. Ooh, let me hit you with one, and I'd have to rewatch the trailer. Like this is just on the spot, riffing with you. Mm-hmm. What if he's dead, and Lou is like channeling his soul, like communicating with it in a way? It would be cool. But I still think the or, director and the writer just creating somebody. We go with how formulaic movies can be sometimes. So Lou is in the final battle. He's getting, you know, he's getting whooped. Like, he's into the movie. And brother gets killed. And that's what sets him off to summon his greatest strength. Yeah. And win. Well, here's the thing. We all here's my theory, and this is this is like another off top of my head. But we all know that Kung Lao is Liu Kang's brother. and like he fights for Kung Lao. Kung Lao is awesome to play as. I, I love playing it with him, throwing like the hat, you know, across kind of like an old odd job thing. Mm-hmm. But my thing is, what if Cole is Liu Kang's second brother? That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah? Like, you always gotta have that one person that gets killed where it hurts the most. Ah. So, what if he's, like, a brother, or what if he's, like, a protege? Oh, okay. That's what I'm trying to allude to. Okay. It's saying that he's somebody that Lou also really cares about, and then he gets, and then that's what sets Mm. him off. Maybe. I'm just saying, it always, you know, it always helps in a movie if you need that last bit to summon yeah. your ultimate form. Let's use some DBZ analogy. Yeah. You gotta have somebody die. It's just an interesting theory because when I was listening to the director commentary, it sounds like the directors just wanted to use some creative freedom to make this their movie, which I think is totally fine. And this just might be a new character. Well, Trey, remember, Bandit Cumberbatch said, I am not Khan. <laughs> but have you noticed? Cole didn't say one word the entire movie. My boy, all about Cole. He, it, it, you gotta be, because we, we know the least about him. Tell me, you know every other character, right? 
Every sure. other character yeah. that showed up, except for him. Intrigue. So we don't know anything about. Well, look. Him. So you get your curiosity has to take you somewhere. Well, look. On that note, my boy. Mm-hmm. I want you right now. The date is February twenty first, twenty twenty one. Okay. Two twenty one twenty one. I want you to tell me what are your your Cheers rating. Oh man, predictive Cheers rating. I I think I'll give be giving this a minimum four out of five stars. I was leaning towards four just because it looks like it's going to be so fun. Oh, just a such a fun ride, dun, man. Dun, 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 and you know they're not going to have that song in there, sadly. Hey. We thought that Power Rangers movie wouldn't have it. You're and right. Then, and then, go, go, Power Rangers. Yeah, that's true. I was in the theater. I jumped out of my chair. <laughs> I was so excited. Because I was like, there's no way they're going to do it. This is too serious. But I'm just saying, they might slide it in. They might. But look, we've been talking about a trailer. Let's talk about a movie we watched. Yeah. So we, you know, we're trying to go to theater. It didn't work out mm. with our timing, but... Thankfully, HBO Max is doing some pretty cool stuff. Yeah. And we were able to watch Judas and the Black Messiah. Mm-hmm. But before we get into the movie, you know we have to toast it. Oh, yeah. And this week, you know, there's a theme on this show where I am not a fan <laughs> of pale ales and stouts. Yeah. So what do we always have? One or the other. Yeah. But this well, week. Well, we haven't had a lot of stouts, really. We had the Hershey one. Yeah, we and did. this one. We did have the Hershey Stout. Yeah. But this one's pretty cool. So this is the Black is Beautiful Imperial Stout. Right. And it's actually pretty cool because I may be talking crap about, you know, not being the biggest fan of it, which, I mean, <laughs> I'm not a stout man. Right. I've upset many people who have offered me Guinness. Yeah. But this one's pretty cool because... It is an effort to raise awareness, and also they donate the proceeds, which is Fremont Brewing, they donate the proceeds to the NAACP Legal Defense Fund. Mm. So you get, you know, a nice beer, you get to, you know, celebrate a good cause, and then also your donation actually matters. It's yeah. not just going to some fat cat's pocket. But yeah. my boy, I'm not a stout man. Are you a stout yeah. man? I, I'm i not really a stout man. Mm-hmm. The only stouts I've enjoyed is Guinness and Boddington. I like Boddington because it's a nitro stout. Mm-hmm. Um, it's blonde. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, you know, a blonde version of Guinness, which mm-hmm. and so it's a little lighter. And then I like Guinness just because it's the closest thing to a smooth stout. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's pro- only because they've had 400 years to perfect it, you know? Mm-hmm. But this one, it's just tough for me to really get on the stout bandwagon. Yeah. Um, I just don't drink a lot of them, and they're all kind of coffee flavored. You yeah. Know? And let me tell you, Trey is not a coffee person. No, I'm a big I'm, coffee person, but yeah, it's just I don't know. Something hits me with them. But we were down to do it because it fit good. You know, right? Black History Month. We celebrate a good cause, and also it works good with the movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Deputy Chairman Fred Hampton of the Illinois Black Panther Party. Repeat after me. And 
That's right, Trey. This week we are talking about Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh yeah. Which is in theaters as well as HBO Max. No additional charge. Disney. Here's <laughs> like you Disney. Thirty dollars for a freaking movie. I know, right? Um, but this is directed by Shaka King, and him and Will Bearson, they wrote it. So let me lead off. Before we get into it, you start talking about some of your thoughts. Yeah. Let me just tell people a couple of the big names in it. Okay. So Daniel Kaluuya, I mean, he's been in Get Out. He's been in, you know, just a bevy of different things. Oh, he's been in... um. I mean, tons of Black he's been Panther. In, been in Widows. Oh yeah, he he was crazy in that. He movie. was crazy in Widows. I mean, and dude, he was he's just very like versatile. Queen and Slim. Oh yeah, he was in Queen and Slim, which was very good movie. But yeah. in this one, based on a true story, he plays Fred Hampton, who was the deputy chairman of the Illinois Black Panther Party. Then you have Lakeith Stanfield, who plays Bill O'Neill. Lakeith Stanfield. That is one of my dudes to be on the watch for, because Sorry to Bother You kind of was, but I don't think we've seen his true breakout role, because, I mean, he's good on he was good in that, he's good in Atlanta, he's never bad. Never. But I think he needs that one movie where it's just he, showcase. He needs a movie like John David Washington got in Black Klansman. He needs yeah, something like that. something like that. But... He plays Bill Neal, who was a, I guess you could say, undercover spy for the FBI. And then you have Jesse Plemons, the weirdo from Game Night, the weirdo from Black Mirror. Antlers. Oh, yeah, he's going to be in Antlers coming Which soon. Which is also a cop. Alleged. That man. He loves cop roles. He loves uniforms, I think, because Black Mirror, remember, he had a uniform. Yeah. But yeah, you know, he's just but he's so good at it too. Man. He's just weird. <laughs> Love him. But he plays um Agent Roy Mitchell. Yeah. Who kind of coerces Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah. And then Martin Sheen in the oh, role man. you didn't know you wanted to see him in. I know. As evil ass Jay Crew. Exactly, man. Movie. Exactly. But so set in Chicago nineteen sixty eight. Mm-hmm. I like that this movie before we start to get into the nitty gritty, yeah, just an overview of it. I like that it opens and it closes, it bookends with real footage. Y- yes, which was really good at kind of setting the tone. Great choice by the director. I agree. And then let me tell you the score on this. I mean, the score just gave me this feeling of just you know like kind of it's hard to say it's like relaxed but also want a party yeah so just you know it's a boogie man it's just a boogie had you feeling good you know because like i said this is in late 60s the costume department knocked it out of the park yeah but let's get to daniel kalua like we said great actor been in so many Dude, roles such a good actor i think this is the best he has done though I mean, better than Get Out, that better is, than Black Mirror. That's saying something. Like, oh, two Black Mirror people in this. Mm-hmm. Wow. But he is just so charismatic Yeah. in this role playing, you know, Fred Hampton. Yeah. That everything he said, I was on the edge of my seat, and I was like, God, this man, like... And then, you know, you see Fred Hampton, the footage, and you're just like... 
God, this man had a way with the words. Yeah, he really did. He really did. But Trey, let me ask you, did you like the movie? What'd you think? Give me some thoughts. You said it perfectly. I loved a movie that opens up with real footage and did an extra step, close with real footage. Because that first brings you in because you realize, okay, this is historical. Yeah. So it it already reeled me in because I wanted to I wanted to know more. Mm-hmm. You know, I got a little taste and I was like, okay, now I want to know the back the backdrop. You know, and it did the same thing with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Remember the original one? You oh know, yeah. Where they showed or not the original, but the one back in like two thousand six. Well, I mean that's not real footage, but no, it's not. No, real I footage, get what you're saying though. That found, makes it look like yeah, archival footage. Exactly, exactly. So um, because there was. Um, Footage where the cops went in in real life, yeah, on I, the actual text chainsaw, you know, um, but it didn't show him; it just showed footage of the house. Yeah, Ed and stuff. Gein. Yeah, Ed Gein. So I don't know. It just I really liked how they reeled me in on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I brought me in, and I love a movie about history. Yeah, this was a film that we needed. We needed something like this, and. Also, what's so interesting about it is, man, it just, like, man, it just packed a punch. It know? did. So, a couple of cool things. You have, like, this kind of inner feud between what would seemingly be, you know, the same mission mm-hmm. between the Crowns and the Panthers. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of interesting because, you know, I didn't know much about this. Let me just tell you, I don't know if I got above a C in a history class because <laughs> history for me snooze fest. But that's why I like history movies because then that's where you can get your knowledge. That's where I can like learn yeah. about stuff. And like with this, after the movie, I went online and researched some yeah. stuff because we all know the feds kind of they they were dirty, man. The feds were dirty oh, on dude. this, and did the Panthers so dirty? Super dirty. And you know another thing that's kind of reminded me of with the Panthers and the Crowns. I don't know why, but the first thing I thought about when I was watching the movie, I was like, okay, this reminds me of Black Panther and M'Baku's crew. Oh, dude. You know? Dude, that's actually a, a fair analogy. <laughs> because literally, you have the Black Panthers. Yeah. And then, oh, Trey. You have the Black Panthers. Uh-huh. And then you have the group that wants the crown. Yep. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty hilarious (laughs) that you just pointed that out, and that's going to be stuck in my mind for quite some time. it just, it all kind of fits, you know? And that's something that kind of popped in when when I was watching it. And then with their color, you know, in the Black Panther movie, there's so much color represented by the five tribes. I agree. And in this, they had a rainbow coalition. Mm -hmm. So see, there's some more similarities. So the rainbow coalition... The cops and the feds were not just oppressing black people. Yeah. They were oppressing anyone who wasn't an affluent white person. Right. So you had the groups, the young patriots, who you'd be like, yeah, these are the last people that, you know, if you're black in the 60s you want to talk to. They got a big, you know, Confederate flag hanging up. Yeah. But they were like, you know, Fred, like I said, he has a way with the words and he's talking to them about their oppression so the young patriots who are described as poor rednecks mm-hmm. they join in right and then also a victim of the cops are the young lords 
who are Puerto Rican. Right. So then you have this group, you know, with some Hispanic, black, yeah. white, all coming together. It's cool. It's trying cool, to take man. it to the cops, and that was one thing that was so cool to me. Yeah. But you know, when we're talking about history, one thing that was so interesting to me was that I knew a little bit about you know the history with the Black Panthers mm. and how they were done so dirty. Um, we I've seen some like investigative you know documentaries mm-hmm. about it one thing i didn't know that captivated me was i didn't know about bill o'neill and oh. his story and man it just it kind of it's like a hidden dagger man that's a knife yeah. so bill o'neill who's played by the keith sanfield he gets coerced by jesse Plemons, where he's like look i can put you in prison six and a half years or you can go undercover and i'll pay you and so he chooses undercover, and his tasks get more and more nefarious, mm-hmm. you could say. And, I mean, he's against it, but he's stuck in a rock and a hard place. And, unfortunately, he's choosing the easier route, which is betrayal, mm-hmm. and which uh, ultimately leads to Fred, you know... I mean, this movie, I'll tell you this, it ain't for the faint of heart because yeah. there's a lot of innocent people, especially in the age we live in, there's a lot of innocent people getting killed. Like, the you know, the big scene at the end, which we won't get into too much, even though we know it's history. Right. But, you know, we still want to save some stuff for the movie just so you do get that impact because I think it's important to feel, you know, that frustration that anger yeah i agree but let me let me end this before we get into you know our review Mm -hmm. our cheers let me end this with one good note okay and that is fred he fell in love when he was in the panther party yes which by the way fred at his demise you know way too soon he was 21 years old i know if you know a 21 year old and you see this, like, that's rough. Yeah. But he was in love, and a, a few months after, you know, Fred's untimely death, he, um, she did give birth and have a child. Yeah. And to this day, Fred Hampton Jr. is the chairman of the Black Panther Party, and his mom, which was Fred's love, she is a board member. That's amazing. At least we can end on one small good note. Yeah. Through all the bad that has in here. Just because it's great to see a legacy continued. It's great to see that because it's great to see that they stuck by their guns. Yeah. Like metaphorically. Yeah. And they kept Fred's mission, his legacy, you know, what he wanted. Yeah. Which was to keep fighting for injustices right and to this day they still do yeah and i thought that was pretty solid but for me great movie you know solid all around i would give it probably like 4.3 out of 5 yeah that's like for one it's just such a hard movie to watch yeah and for two it's hard like, there's just some small things in it. Yeah. But overall, I would give it a 4.3 out of 5. Me too, man. I This movie's a 4 out of 5 for me easy. Probably a little bit more, you know? Um, 
But the thing is... You just gotta think about it a lot. Yeah, it deserves every high praise it's gotten. I mean, we're talking 96 critics, Rotten Tomato, 96 audience, Rotten Tomato. I mean, that's unheard of, man. But when you watch the movie, you're like, I get it. Like, this movie, like you said, I think one thing you point out to me, you said, this movie's got so much style. And it did. It had such great style. The direction was fantastic. Cinematography was great. The acting. I mean, dude, we're talking all these heavy hitters in one movie. And I don't know, because I always get confused with the Oscars mm-hmm. when the deadline is. Yeah. But let me go ahead and tell y'all, this needs to get some Oscar yeah. and some Golden Globe love and some wins and not that trash Nomadland. Oh, God. Coming soon to a shot to film. <laughs> Tune in for that one. It's a good one, all right. Oh, no. Oh, no. But yeah, man, great movie. I'm so happy we got a chance to watch it. Dude, I'm so happy. And hell of a trailer. But now is a fun list because... Oh, man. So I told Trey, you know, because two big things in February. You want to celebrate love and you want to celebrate just black culture and through history. Absolutely. You know, we just talked about history, but also... Through pop culture. You know, this is a podcast about pop culture. Yeah, absolutely. So I told Trey, and trust me, this is a dawning task. Yeah, it is, man. I told Trey, any genre, anything, give me your five favorite black leads. Could be male, could be female, you know, could be American, could be European, what have you. But I just said, give me your top. And let me tell you, this was tough. I agree. This was so tough. Man, I am... I'm still excited because you've picked. You said I've got one that I. I have if, one, and let me go ahead and tell y'all. If Trey doesn't have it on his list, he is going to die when he hears it, and y'all are all going to realize that how lucky we, we are to have so many amazing black men and women through pop culture. A- absolutely, with this one person. Yeah. And it's going to blow Trey's mind if he didn't think about it. Oh, yeah. I am. Um, But Trey, hit us with that sweet top five. Okay. So I do have an honorable mention. I had to do some honor, a couple honorable mentions. Just because, I mean, just going through a quick, like, idea when I was doing my list, I had 30. Yeah. And I was like, how do I get this down to five? I know, man. It's so tough. But... With my honorable mention, it has to be Eddie Griffin from Undercover Brother. (laughs) (laughs) That is one of my favorite roles of all time. I love that movie. I I know it gets shit on, but I Uh, love Undercover Brother. I do too, man. Just because it's just so funny. Yeah. And dude, freaking uh, Billy D. Williams is in it as the general. Yeah. Dave Chappelle's in it. Yeah. Oh, dude. Neil, so... Neil Patrick. New... <laughs> no. Denise Richards. Serious. White She-Devil. The White She-Devil. Dude, dude. So- solid choice. Because when I think about my favorite roles, you know, that, you know, with black actors, man, that's got to be one of them. Because he cracks me up. I mean, I, that movie had me crying, dude. Dude, when he is pretending to be, like, uppity white. Yeah. And she has the mayonnaise sandwich. Oh, dude. And he squirts, like, the whole thing of hot sauce on it. Oh. And even then, he's like, uh, 
oh, I know. She's like, I made extra mayo for you. And his like eyebrows quivering, dude. And he's like, great. I love the mayonnaise. <laughs> and, and, you know, Eddie Griffin had to be inspiration for Dave Chappelle because Dave Chappelle acted a lot like him in a lot of his skits, you know? Yeah, they... They were a lot of light, It's man. one of those things where either one influenced the other or they just happened to like come up in the same style. But any other honorable mentions? You know, man, I could have done a lot more, but I decided just to jump because, man, I had like seriously like so many. I mean, I had Tony Todd from Candyman. Yeah. You know, I mean, I had... I, I, well, well, no, I can't say that one because that might be my list. All right, never mind. All right, All right you ready? I'm going to jump in. Top five. At number five, okay? Because the shout out to my mom, too. Chris Tucker and Rush Hour. I mean, dude. That was one I was considering because. Dude, one of the best. Me, Can you hear the words? <laughs> Can you understand the words that are coming out of my you, mouth? One great thing about Chris Tucker is he. I would put him, if you took every actor and actress yeah. on the planet, I would put him in a top five category. Yeah. That is top five people that can work off somebody. Yeah. Because you put him, like, in Friday, you know, in Rush Hour, you put him opposite somebody. Yeah. He can make it a masterpiece. Oh, dude, seriously. Him and Jackie Chan. That was one of the best Buddy Up Cop movies ever done. Which is your favorite of the three? One. See, I always go two, man. A lot of people I like two. two. Two's great, too, man. Two is great. Dude, that scene where they're looking through the binoculars. Oh, my God. Oh, Me and dude. my folks, when we watch that, and Jackie Chan says, I love Snoopy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Man, everything about it. I mean, three was a little rough, yeah, but two three was a little rough. Two was great, though. Oh, one two, one dude, and two two's great. fantastic. One yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. Seriously, but um, so I had to put that one on the list because Chris Tucker Rush Hour. When I think, like I said, of Leeds, that movie I've seen over and over and over, and Chris Tucker made that movie. Jackie Chan made it, but Chris Tucker made that movie. You know, just off your who so far, your honorable mention, your number five mm, comedy. Your list is also similar to mine because my list is mostly influenced. By my upbringing. Yeah. Like movies that I watched when I was younger. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm. But here's to add to that. But this one was a later movie. Number four. Number four. Jeffrey Wright. Mm. Felix Leiter in 007. Mm. He's an astonishing actor. I knew my boy was going to get some kind of double O going. Well, and you know, man, he did a great Felix Leiter. Yeah. I mean, seriously, he had like, he had that CIA presence. He had that spy presence, the swag, you know? Yeah. Um, And he just, him and Daniel Craig are just like buddies, man. And that's how they're supposed to be. Like 007 and Felix Slider throughout all the originals, they were good buddies. But you can tell they have chemistry and Jeffrey Wright adds to that, man. And see, once again, your love of... The Bond movie started yeah. in your childhood. Yeah, exactly. I know. But, and it's kind of a buddy up, too. Yeah. You know, him and Daniel Craig, they're so from... So far, you're three for three on childhood yeah. and buddy. Yeah, exactly. But, that's it for those. 
Ooh. Because the last three are totally Ooh. different. Ooh. So I am wondering about the one that you are just dying for me. Okay. I am dying to say it because, because I think... Because it does I could have thought about it, but I'm curious. Trey, we're not talking top five. Like, this would be considered top five black roles. Mm-hmm. If you want to say it like We're that. just talking about top roles in general. Trey, this could be considered top five roles... Period. Oh man! It, but it, and it gets overlooked. Okay. Okay. So, but hit me, Trey. Hit me. Okay. Here's the one I don't think you would guess in a million years. Okay. At number three, Donald Glover. Angels in the outfield. <laughs> I love that movie. I love Angels in the Outfield so much, Eddie. Oh my god. So much. I love that movie. And he was a great manager. Because he played the manager. Yeah. And he, you know, he was a hard, he was kind of a tough guy. Danny Glover. Yeah, not Donald Glover. Danny Glover. That's I'm what sorry. was throwing me off at first when you said yeah. Donald Glover, because I was like... I'm sorry. Danny Glover. Yeah, I get I, I get that because we're so similar, you know. Yeah, Dan Glover, I'm too old for this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, he like, you know, he because we're talking when, Lethal Weapon, when we were Predator growing, Two. Dude, when we were growing up, and I saw that movie, and he adopts those kids at the end. Yeah, like you know, I had a great family, but I was like, man, if I was an orphan, I would want to be adopted because he was a cool dude. Like, I he know, came man. Hard. Yeah, but then you saw like he was a teddy bear. Well, and then the thing is, it was cool to see, you know, the kid believed in the angels. Yeah, and he saw them at work, and also that's got Christopher Lloyd in it too, man. Yeah, dude, just a as the angels, fantastic movie. But then it was so cool to see, you know, Glover's transition because he began to believe. Yeah, and I don't know what it is about his role in that. It's but oh, it's so good. It was just such a heartwarming like. Hey, just, there you go, though. Another movie from your childhood. Oh, yeah, I guess it was, yeah. But um, but now let's get into the top two. Because, I'm sorry, dude, you cannot have this one and and not put it in there. Eddie, I'd be sad if this, this one wasn't on your list. Because this but one... at the same time, happy, because then, you know, we're getting well, other yeah. movies. Lucius Fox from Batman. Not on it. Wow. Wow. Dude, I'm excited because you know what this means? That we might go yeah. an entire list without one yeah. crossover. Well, and here's the thing, man. Lucius Fox. Oh, okay? he was so good. Morgan Freeman nailed Lucius Fox. Oh, dude, he brought so much to that role. He he was so intelligent. You do a lot of indoor skydiving? <laughs> I know, dude. He was like... Uh, don't worry, I'm not going to ask about the spelunking, you know, shoot-up uh, hobbies here. But, I mean, Morgan Freeman just, uh, everyone knows he's got the voice. If I didn't put Morgan Freeman on the list, Morgan Freeman. Uh, I mean, am I even an American? Am I even an American citizen? So, Batman that you grew up with from your childhood. But this, these I didn't. But still, yeah. Batman... Yeah, but I'm gonna count it. Trey. Nah, I, I don't count that I one because see if we can go six for six. Nah, no, we won't. Oh, yeah. He said that with authority. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I just gotta finish up by saying, 
that's probably one of the most influential roles to me yeah. because if Morgan Freeman didn't play Lucius Fox, Morgan Freeman. it would have changed the Dark Knight trilogy for me. It would have been big if they didn't have him. Yeah, because he made that movie. He made a lot of it because Bruce Wayne and Christian Bale, that was the movie. But Christian Bale made it because the people that surrounded Dude, he had him. such a good surrounding cast. If you didn't have Michael Caine... Sir Michael Caine. Morgan Freeman. Sir. You better add that sir. Hey, we could say that with Morgan Freeman, because that man's a sir. He ain't been nice. I know. But he should be. He should be, Eddie. Michael Caine. Sir Michael Caine <laughs> was in Zulu. <laughs> oh, no. Would you better believe... Harry I'm Brown. Gonna, I'm going to find a way to get Zulu oh. as our review one time. But yeah, at the end of the day, man, I just got to, you know... He this Throw was some prop. Yeah, he I mad at so much, man. But at number one, and this is a shout out to my dad on this one because he loves this Jimmy. movie. Voice in Overlord. Mm. He probably had one of the most standout black lead performances oh, dude, in the past was, couple of years. Great. He was so good. It was so believable. And dude, he he made the movie, dude. He made the movie. I loved everything about dude, him. I love that choice. Uh, and, you dude, know, you had a solid list. Well, you know, there was so many to put on there. I mean, obviously, I could have put, you know, Chadwick Bosman, you know, Bozeman, you know. He might get mentioned. He might get mentioned, you know, but I don't know. I just, he was a given to me. Like, the Black Panther is probably one of the biggest, like, I don't know, it was like one of the biggest movements in the past. M'Baku? Well, you know, maybe M'Baku a little bit, but that was just one of the biggest movements in a while. Yeah. And he was just a given. I want to do some different ones, you know what I mean? Well, that is a perfect segue into my top five, because, like I said, I had two honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. So the first one is Nerddom, because... Like, I'm talking, like, hardcore nerddom. Mm -hmm. It has given us some of the most amazing roles. Mm -hmm. Like, Lieutenant Uhura from the original Star Trek series. Mm -hmm. You know, have to shout out her. I mean, that was the first interracial kiss ever Mm. was on Star Trek, because William Shatner made it it so. Yes, it was. And then you got, you know, Star Wars, giving us so many people. I mean, Lando. Yeah. One of the coolest dudes of all time. I'm going to throw this one in. Trey's going to laugh at me. But pro wrestling, they are great characters, but there are so many amazing ones today. Mm. Like the New Day, I'm a huge fan of. Yeah. You know, Xavier's from Columbus, so yeah. got to represent. And then this year's female Royal Rumble winner, Bianca Belair, mm. she was the first black Royal Rumble winner. Really? And it's 2021. That's insane. And she's the first. Technically, The Rock was, but, you know, The Rock's half. Yeah. So, you know, technically The Rock was, but she's the first, like... Yeah. And, dude, let me tell you, she can squat, like, 500 pounds. Good Lord. Yeah, she's a she was a weightlifter before she became a wrestler. Oh, wow. But then, and the biggest one, like Trey alluded to, the MCU. Yeah. I mean, we could sit here all day... You know, with Black Panther, you know, yeah, with Letitia Wright as Shuri. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, with Umbaku, with Sam Wilson. We got the upcoming Blade series with Mahershala yeah. Ali. Yeah. You had 
uh, Luke Cage on TV. We, like, had, we had us. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just... I mean... Nerddom's given us so much. Yeah. So I had to throw that. And also, honorable mention, because we said actors, actresses, but director Regina King, who yes. was an actress... Yeah, oh yeah. She just made her first movie, One Night in Miami. It's on Amazon. Mm. I highly suggest you go watch it, because... The performances are incredible, but it's just a fun movie. Yeah. Like, sometimes you just want a movie where you sit down, appreciate just solid, like, there's no car chase, nothing like that. It's just people. Right. But let's get on to my number five so I can blow Trey's mind with my number one. Okay. Which my number one's a tie. Mm. Same person. Two roles. Okay. Stay tuned for that. My number five in... A movie that I love with all my heart, Attack the Block, John Boyega. Boyega yes. So Dude. I had high hopes of him as Finn, and yeah. Ryan Johnson kind of forgot about Finn a little bit. Yeah. But uh, John Boyega in Attack the Block, his role is very simple, but it relies on his facial expressions, his body movements. Yeah. He has to put a lot more effort because of how simplified his role is. But he plays Moses. And I mean, that dude, like, when this came out, me and Ed back at Movie Stop. Yeah. When it came out, we would just turn to Joe, hey, allow it. Yeah. <laughs> because he didn't speak much. Oh, man. That's right. But John Boyega's Attack the Block. Love that movie. Uh-huh. Love his performance. Yeah. Number four, talk about childhood is Carl Weathers as Apollo. Oh, man. Because let me tell you, Rocky, I love the Rocky movies. Yeah. I love all of them except number five. Number five, I always try well, and forget. Number five is almost just forgettable. I try and forget it. it yeah. Ke- it keeps me up at night. Well, when you when you f- try and follow four oh, with yeah. the Russian, it's going to be forgettable. And then, just to show how terrible five was, mm-hmm. they made six. Yeah. Which was way better than five. Yeah. But Carl Weathers... Who plays Apollo Creed. Yeah. Let me tell you, I love the Rocky movies, but I was always Team Apollo over Rocky. Oh, man. Because Apollo had that swag. Yeah, he did. You know, living in America. Oh, yeah, absolutely, bro. Dude, and he was Carl just Weathers. Cool. Dude, Carl Weathers was one of the most jacked guys I've oh, ever dude, seen. Jack. He had one of the best bodies, dude. Seriously, man. Which you can see in Predator. Yeah, but especially in Rocky. Yeah. Like, but Jesus, number three, so this actor was mentioned, but I went a different route with the role. And that's Chris Tucker in The Fifth Element. Oh, God. <laughs> so for those who don't know, Fifth Element, it's it's like one of my all-time favorite movies. Yeah. Top ten yeah. favorite movies of all time. It's a great movie. And Chris Tucker, I will tell anybody, it is Chris Tucker, not Bruce Willis, not Mia Jovovich, not, uh, what's old boy, Gary, I'm blanking on his name, I don't know. What why. else is he in? Uh, Harry Potter, he plays Sirius. Oh, yeah, um. Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman, yeah. Not Gary Oldman, none of them. Chris Tucker, <laughs> when he burst out, <laughs> he's got this weird outfit on, it's all leopard print, his hair is up in rollers, and he's just like, come in, Dallas! Oh, man. I think he was better in Friday. I mean, he was he's great in everything. He is. I haven't seen him in anything bad, but yeah, that movie, right. it's just, he made that movie. He did. He's why that movie is in my top ten. I mean, great movie. Yeah. 
But he takes it to the next level. He does. But let me get my top two. And my top two are very important movies to me. So number two, and you're going to laugh at me. And view, you know the listeners at home might laugh at me. But when I tell you why, okay, it'll make more sense. Okay. So my number two is Eddie Murphy as Sherman Clunk. The Nutty Professor. <laughs> okay, I know you love The Nutty Professor. I should have got that one. So, you know, I have been, for most of my life, mm. an overweight person. <laughs> and so I deal with the struggles of it, you know. the low- Not for long. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I've always dealt with, you know, the low mm. confidence, low self-esteem, you know, just feeling real bad about yourself, mm. wanting a miracle cure. Mm-hmm. So when I watch... That movie, I actually like cry when I watch it. Oh man! Because I just empathize so mm-hmm. much with him. Yeah. And people can trash on it. They can talk about the sequel they want. I'm talking about the first one. Mm-hmm. But there is so much heart in that first one. Yeah. That I just love it. The Night Professor, man. Night Professor. So Eddie Murphy. another Eddie Murphy movie. But number one. And this is where I blow Trey's mind. <laughs> my number one, I don't think anyone could put above my number one. Even your list. Anyone's list. If this is not your number one. And that is a tie between Mufasa and Darth Vader by the legendary James Earl Jones. I see. Okay, I was thinking you meant a tie as in like your number two no. and your number one. So I was like, Eddie Murphy? No. But yeah. No, I thought about that. Two roles, one person. Yeah. But James Earl Jones. Yeah. Dang. He, he sure did, man. gave us the voice to Darth Vader, which could be the greatest villain of all time. Seriously. I mean, at minimum, has an argument for number one. Yeah. And then Mufasa... Who, I mean, everybody Dude. loves the Lion King. That is and a... Mufasa's death. Scar, no! I gotta say, man, that Did is... Did I not tell you? Yeah, that's amazing. That is amazing. Wow. I'm so glad you put it on the list. Admiral Piet. Wasn't he also in the Sandlot? With the big dog? Yes, he was the neighbor. Yeah. And that was a good role he dude, was in. James Earl Jones. He's he's a he's he, amazing, dude. He is a national treasure. He is, dude. And we need to always think of him like that. Yeah. Because he And he's still going strong. And there's and I mean he's been in other stuff that I mean I don't have it in front of me. Right. But if you go his IMDB page, you'll oh, be dude. shocked to know how much he has affected your childhood, no matter when you grew up. Because I mean, look at Star Wars was the seventies. Then the 80s. And you had Lion King, which was the 90s. And, I mean, he's just a legend. Dude, he he really is, man. Because he has that voice, dude. He does, dude. Any other roles you can think of? Well, he was in, like, all of the Star Wars. He was in Rogue One as well. Because, yeah, you know, they was. brought back, you know, um, him at the end. Um, God, he's just played. Never him. in the suit. Yeah. But always the voice, which to me yeah. was more important. But like I said, the Sandlots was a big one. Yeah, Sandlot was a big one. He was the neighbor that they thought was scary because he had the big dog. Yeah. And he was this blind gentleman who could not have been more of a sweetheart. Yeah. 
Dude, I'm so glad you put him in there, man. Had to. Because he was just, he's amazing, dude. But, you know, if you have, you know, any thoughts on the show. Yes. For better or for worse. Right. Or if you have a movie you want to tell us about that we might be able to squeeze in. Or anything else. You just want to say, hey, we'll say hey back. But you can do that so many ways, Trey. You know how you can do that? You can go to facebook.com slash toast2film. Okay. You can go on Twitter at film underscore toast. You can go on Instagram at toast2film, all Uh one word. Or email us at bingingandbrewing at gmail.com. And from Trey and myself, we just want to wish you good night and good viewing. Good viewing, everybody.